Welcome to the Turnaround Podcast. Um, no, we can't say a disappointing night, but uh, bringing everybody else on the, on the, on the from Tala. Chris is live coming in on the audio, and we bring in Pingu. Sorry, Galias, this job. We have a return of an absolute podcast legend tonight, the penalty king of Dundalk, Stephen McEvitt. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Look at him in all his glory. <laughs> I haven't shaved since the last time he was on either. <laughs> By the looks of it. Surely that was a return of the Mac moment, no? It was. I tried I tried the Yeah, look. I missed the card up. Bring me in again. I think you put him on the spot down. <laughs> Sorry about that. I needed to be cheered up, so uh so Gally, I just put you on the spot. Whatever, whatever floats everybody's boat and keeps everybody on the on the up, on the upward slope. What do we think, boys? <laughs> Steph. Yeah. yeah, go on, Steph. Well, look. Um, no, I was. Uh, I promised a sister-in-law I'd do a few jobs in the house because she's a few men coming in the next few days. So I, I was listening to it rather than watching it. So he's listening to the boys on LMFM. So um, he's, pro- he's probably had more of an insight than me watch getting to see it live. Like, but look, I think they they took a two-goal lead, and we were sort of saying, you know, this this mightn't end well. But look, you can't fault them players for effort and kept going right till the final whistle we thought it was going to be another fairy tale ending and we a couple of chances at the end just by the sounds i don't know if flano and adrian was getting too excited by the chances it's hard to tell just listening to it but jesus we were kick of a ball away from getting the extra time there and you don't know what would have happened then but like we were on the front foot it seemed uh, it's a yeah, little bit disappointing, but look, you can be super proud of the players, the effort and the performance they put in, especially the second half there. Like, if you comp- compare budgets and stuff like that, they're probably miles ahead, and they should be blowing us out of the water, looking at even betting for it and stuff, you know? Yeah, I think even John Flannan will lose at the end there. We're just talking it off air. I think that they sell some of the Norwich today, or POK against Bowes selling some of the Norwich for 10 million. So, it just goes to show what the Irish League, the League of Ireland teams that go up against this season, the, the Gulf. I don't think these lads are, you know, top class. I think Anderlecht will turn them over in the next round. But, you know, it kind of brings home the level that they're actually competing at. And they can compete when they're on it. You know, when they're at their best, they, they can compete with the, what, what the League Conference has to offer. Uh, just just Chris, Chris is coming in just on, there's no video, but Chris, you're on audio there. You were at the match. What was the, what was the atmosphere like? What was the game like live? Um, it was it was really good. Um, you know the, the atmosphere created behind the goal um, with with the shed lads was was brilliant. They were singing right the way throughout. I, I I don't know if I'm if I'm annoyed. I'm disappointed. It's it's a plethora of emotions. I think we were the wit of Davy McMillan studs away from getting a draw there tonight, and. Um, I'm disappointed that, that we've gone out, but Jesus, it was a hell of an effort. We just have to start turning this European form into, into our domestic uh, games because there's a hell of a team in there and we just need to, um, we just need to somehow unlock those types of performances um, domestically and we'll be, yeah. we'll be fine, you know? But yeah, really good game, really good atmosphere, really good effort. Um, it's just a shame to be to be coming away empty-handed. That's that's about the only thing that um, that I'm sad about, you know. But yeah, can't can't falter like Steph just said. You can't falter the effort. You can't falter, you know, the, the way guys apply themselves. You know, you, 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 it's just to be so close, lads. To be so close. To go into extra time there and, and, and really give them a game because I thought with 10 minutes to go, even 15 minutes to go, they, they looked like they'd rolled back into their own half. They weren't pressing us anymore. They were looking for the counter. There's something, lads, in Cameron Dumming on the playing centre half. I tell you what, it was one high ball came in and I said, just head it, just head it. And he took it in his instep and played the ball out. And I was like, well, hang on a second. If Sonny had done that in the first half, we could have been in a better place. Yeah, I think I think I think Dominic in particular for me was unbelievable. Look, look at it. A lot of players had a good game. Uh, I thought Slogger played really well. I'm surprised Stanton went off as early as he did. Maybe he's carrying a little bit of a knock, but 
look, you've got Duffy and Dummigan for me was top, top class tonight. I know, like, I was probably spitting feathers at Chakovkis didn't start, but um, we just haven't seen a lot of Dummigan, but I, I thought he was excellent tonight. Um, just as overall, he just seemed to have that little bit extra. He just seemed to want it a little bit more. I don't look at I know they've made mistakes, but God, I think we're just saying off air with Pinga before he's come on. Like, if they showed if they had half of what they'd done in the second half and played in the first half, you know, I know a bit yeah. of luck comes into it as well. Like, you know, the, the goal's never offside. You know, like the, the Duffy's goal after two and a half, but it's, it's never offside. And look, we don't know if that changes the game, but my God, like that second half was as good as I've seen in a long, no, long time. Not. Unbelievable. Like the, the goalkeeper, I've tweeted about the. The goalkeeper, everyone was like a magnet. The, the, everything just seemed to go to him, just seemed to fall for him. With so many, not not so many chances, but we, we had three or four really good chances in the second half. Like even for instance, when the when your luck's out, it's out. Fats McAlenny first half, his strike that the keeper saves. Nine, if he hits that again in a League of Ireland game, I guarantee he hits a defender and goes into the back of the net. It's it's just when luck's not with you, it's just it's not just not there. Um, we'll just go. Didn't hear from Pingu yet. Pingu will hit you up there, one. Yeah, so I noticed that was back. I didn't yeah. know if I was allowed to talk or not. <laughs> um, but no, look, I, I think um, I thought first half, I thought we started okay, and probably until the first goal went in, and then it just looked like we, we died a death, didn't it? You know, for the rest of the second half, we looked tired on our feet. Um, again, it was obviously a surprise. He made a couple of changes. Uh, Hoobin started up top for, for Davy Mack. He had Dummigan come in, who I thought had a great game. Um, just, just agreeing with, with all of you there. Um, second half then I suppose it was a little, little bit testy in the first 10-15 minutes but I think after that we just kind of sprung to life and it was, it was it, like, even before the penalty came it just had that feeling it's going to be one of these special nights you know and it's going to we're going to surprise these we're going to turn them over and got the penalty which was great um, and then just bringing Davy Mack on and I know I've been championing him especially in the European games Bringing Davy Mack just seemed to lighten us up up top. You know, as as Chris said earlier, he, he kinda his he's a pair of studs away from uh from putting it in the back of the net and getting us through the extra time. And if that happens, um it's a it's a completely different game, you know. But even just the positions he was getting in, he was shooting outside the box, he was putting you know, he, he was just testing their goalkeeper and I seen at one point he, he took a shot, I think he was only just on the pitch and uh, it might have went wide and, and Huben's complaining that he's not playing it through to him in the box when there's three players around Huben but even just take, having the bravery to take on that shot and Steph you'll know this as a player having the bravery especially after your goal last night but uh, having the bravery to take on the um, you know take on the shot there against a team where we, we weren't creating a lot of chances it just builds that confidence doesn't it you know that he's getting in positions whether it even be outside the box inside the box um, and, and just towards the end I mean the goalie, like we're talking about man of the match, you probably have to give it to the goalie. Like, you know, if we weren't giving it to a knock player, you'd be giving it to the goalkeeper because he kept him in the game and it just seemed that every shot um that was being took in those last uh those last ten, fifteen minutes, um, just went straight into the keeper's hands, didn't they? He just he, he was everywhere, everywhere the ball dropped, he was there. But uh no, I th- I think overall it's if we leave the part of the result to one side, that has to go down, particularly that second half, as one of our great European performances. You know, I, I think just seeing that fight, like we've said all season, we haven't always seen that fight from the dock, and to be able to see that again is, uh, you you would hope it would build you with a little bit of confidence going back into the into the domestic game. Um, playing obviously we played Derry this weekend, you know, so so it build you hopefully with a little bit of confidence. But I'd, I'd say the players are wrecked after that, you know, they've they've put in a massive shift tonight. Yeah, I think if if like we're we're, we're talking about probably even at half time, I know I commented on the group we have that the worst thing that could happen here is that we just get absolutely hockey out of it in the second half. The boys get the heads like someone like Andy Boyle who's played through injuries. His head could have went there half time and just said, "Look, this isn't work. This is just not going to happen for us." You know, and so many there could have been so many, you know, kind of strategic changes to the game. And one thing you just can't fault them on is just the effort. Like you know, that's all you're looking for. You know, you you, you can't do more than than that tonight for a game of football. You know, if everybody plays at the best, that's all we're looking for. That's all the dog fans have been looking for all season. You know, results. Look, results can happen. We've seen with Longford this season. We had Stephen Maher on a couple of weeks ago, and results for Longford just haven't gone for them. And their efforts been excellent. And 
once the effort's there, you can't fault anyone, and you can't you you can't give out too much, I suppose. But you know that game, that second half in particular was just one of the best, probably the best forty-five minutes of football. I, I can't even think back. I mean, we keep it on with back here, Boris off and Leggy and Warshaw a couple of years ago, and split with you know Toll and um, Curtis Bono playing, and but that that would send you like. The only thing we didn't do was score. You know, we've done we've done everything else. You know, you, I would have loved to be there to be the fifteen hundred fans to watch. I know I know Chris was at it and he'd be able to comment a bit more, but um we can't fault him at all on that. It's just all I was missing was really a goal. We probably what do you deserve and I always give but we definitely earned an equalizer to go into extra time and it, it just wasn't to be between the keeper, the near chances, the, the McMillan chance, fats in the first half. You know, like it's it's just one of those nights that it just didn't fall for us. On another night, it could have been four or five nil. We just the heads might have dropped at half time. But we have to give them credit where credit's due. The second half was just unbelievable, and you can't really say much more. But that it, it it's that's what that's what Stephen Kenny built his squad on. That you know it was always effort, never giving in, play to the whistle. Yeah, I just thought they were brilliant. And look, we can't have too many complaints. Fetis are a cut above. Didn't look it, but the arrow cut above technically when it when it comes to European leagues. And yeah, I just thought we were excellent in the second half. Yeah, and, and just probably on that note, um, there's a lot of comments coming in from Man of the Match tonight. So so make sure if you're watching in, get your comments in early. Just look at there's, there's probably 11 to 12 players you could pick, isn't there really? Um, for Man of the Match, but we, we were talking off air again, um, and it's good that we have as big a fan the, the chairman of his fan club on tonight. Um, but the performance of, of Fats, particularly there when we when we started coming to life at the end, I mean, he's putting on a farewell tour, isn't he, for Dundalk fans at the minute? Ever since the news broke that he's not going to be with us next season, um, he might not have been his best game tonight. But I mean, there's times tonight where he was dancing around players, and we said there was in that last five ten minutes spell. He danced around three or four players and played a ball from one side of the pitch all the way across to Djokovskis. And just just an, another great performance from him, wasn't it? Yeah, look, that's like he's built for these games. Yeah, and, uh, like he's the best player in the league, in my opinion. Even his attitude since the news broke and like he does everything right. His performances have nearly lifted as if he wants to really show the fans that. You know, he's, his heart still with the dog, and he's moving on to his hometown club, which I I don't think you can really have too much arguments about. He's talked about family reasons and stuff like, but just uncertainty around the dog next season is probably just in the back of his head that he needs to look after his family and just like watching him is a joy, and he's going to be sorely missed. We're all gutted to see him leaving and. Every every time he steps onto a pitch, he's nearly the best player on the pitch now. The last couple of weeks, especially, and um, we've seen him doing it in the Emirates last season. Like the the level he was playing playing against is just like he's up he's up to that level in my opinion. And I think he was unfortunate a few moves away he got. He was injured and he was homesick when he was in Sunderland. And well, look, we we've we've got great years out of him, and I don't think I don't think he owes us anything really. To be honest. He's just, and he's a top class person as well. Uh, so look, he'll he'd be sorely missed, but he's put in a serious amount of performances the last few weeks. It's going to be gotten to see him going. Uh, it's sort of bittersweet at the minute. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's one of those to just sit back and enjoy the performances while while we still have him, isn't it? Before we're we're shouting abuse out from the sidelines next year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I suppose. Kind of moving towards the game, Chris. I know you're you're driving there, but if you're if you can talk for a couple of minutes, how did it feel? Um, yeah, so doing some roadworks on the M50. I'm going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> how? Um, Fire ahead. How many questions you got? <laughs> no worries. Uh, no. How how did it feel being back in in a stadium with a sizable crowd tonight? And and do you think the crowd played a played a factor in lifting the team in the second half? Uh, look, in, in particular. In particular, as soon as, as soon as the penalty was given, you could see a collective turn of heads towards the clock in the corner and went, how long's left? Oh, wait, 20 minutes. We could do this. And then it just, this energy just came out of nowhere. And for the majority of the game, you know, people were standing, sitting, standing, sitting. The last 20 minutes, everyone just stood 
for the whole end of the match and there was singing, clapping, you know, pulling the players on uh, from the sidelines. It was it was brilliant. Brilliant just to... Because uh, I've been at, at, at matches, obviously, with the streaming over the past while and, and it can be quite dead. It's like a training exercise at times. I know we've got 100 people back in of late, but it's kind of very hard to create an atmosphere with 100 people, even 200 there in the last game. But... Definitely, you could you, you could taste the atmosphere. You could feel the energy. The players were obviously, you know, vibing off it as well. And I and I think to be fair, I think that the, the Vitesse players were feeling it too because you could see them getting antsy. There was a lot of yellow cards at the end. You know, Huben had squared up with one of their centre backs as well. He looked. He seemed to have lost the head completely. Um, but you know, you don't get that when there's not a crowd because it's easier for. It's easier for the players to keep their cool when it's there. There isn't a hostile atmosphere against them, so it definitely played a part tonight. I think in in the atmosphere, in the occasion, you know. But um, just just with, when Gaddy was saying there earlier on, you know, we were we were very unlucky. When I look back on the first goal at half time, I just thought this is like carbon copy of the first two goals against Pats. You know, a bad deflection. It could go anywhere in the park. No, falls right to an opposition player. You know, we've been bang out a look like that for the past few games when we concede goals. Um, and unfortunately, tonight again, it was one of them. We went behind, and it took it kind of knocked the stuff out of us. And I think that's where the second goal comes from. Where not that we're we're feeling sorry for ourselves, but we're not as easy to pick up. And it's probably something to do with the start of the season we had. We 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 used to kind of retreat back into ourselves a tad instead of being on the front foot, and you know I just think the second goal knocked the stuffing out of us this evening, but the atmosphere, the rally, and everything from from even just before the penalty onwards, probably a, just a little bit more than halfway through that second half, it was it was great. It was great to be back, and now it was great to be part of it. I thought it was going to be there for another magical European night like like that day all over again because I still have my ticket stuff at home for it you know that's that's how much I remember that night I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it away um, no. so I, I was thinking have, have I picked this one brilliantly again you know and yeah look it just it just sad that it, that it wasn't to be but it um if, if we if, if we could get close to getting back to to that sort of atmospheres and, and those crowds again as I think we're we're on the road am I right in saying 500 for the loud derby I think I heard that somewhere yeah on the 20th oh yeah. I didn't know that so like if if that is the case that, that might be good to, to, that'll finally create a bit of atmosphere and what better to have a, the biggest capacity we've had in quite some time in Oriel Park but for a loud derby you know, yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's a hard luck story for for drugs of late. So this could be ideal, you know. Yeah, I suppose if we're to take any real positive out of tonight, it's it gives us a chance to focus on the domestic side of things that that obviously over the last couple of weeks has taken a hit due to Europe. Um, so it'll give us a chance to kind of bounce back. Fingers crossed. Um, but I suppose just for for everybody on this one, and Chris, I'd be interested in a couple of minutes to get your thoughts from from what the reaction was in the game. But obviously, Vinny made a couple of changes tonight, a couple of big calls um, at the start of the game. Obviously, Dummigan came in for for Jokovskis and um, Huben in place of McMillan. What did what did you think of them, Gally? What did you think of those changes before before the game? Uh, I was I, I was kind of running late. It was only about ten minutes before the game that I actually seen the lineup. I was surprised. I actually thought McMillan was injured. That that, that was the assumption I made. I, I didn't. I didn't even know he was on the bench. Um, I thought Jokovskis. Obviously, the call on Cameron Dummigan is correct because he had absolutely a standing game of football. I was surprised he didn't start uh, Jokovskis because he has played probably majority of the season ahead of him uh, or Cameron. But look, that's what that's what Vinny's paid for. Vinny has to make these calls. I don't know what the reason was. If he just didn't fancy uh, Jokovskis up against their left winger. I'm not sure. I thought Lee he had a torrid time first half against um, his, his first name's a million. So rechristen that for like where they got that name from. 
But that, you know, like I thought, Dunwigan coming in was probably a, that was a more that was as much of a shock for me as McMillan not playing for Hoban. But look, he, he obviously f- f- fancied something different. McMillan came off after an hour the last game. You know, fitness shouldn't be a massive problem. I know with the Pats game at the weekend, but you know, it's, on nights like that, look, it's easy to say now that we didn't get the extra time goal or we didn't win the game that maybe McMillan should have started. Fucking hindsight's everybody's got 20 20 vision on hindsight, but. For me, on, on a game like that, McMillan starts all the time, but that's just a personal preference. I think he's just, you know, I, I think on those nights he's better. I think Hoban might have given him more of a problem coming off the bench. But then on the flip side of that, you know, you got you, you got you to give Hoban minutes. You know, if, if he's going to be playing regular, he's, he's going to fight for that position. He's got to play. He's got to show what he's worth. Look, I, I thought both of them were excellent. Um, for me, Dunvegan was... I thought he was outstanding tonight. Like, I mean, that call alone, he would get you another six months or six weeks contract at Oriel Park as manager at this stage. But look, there's not too many, there's not too many shots anymore because because the team, because it's so it could be it could be changed so much. There's not that many massively shocks. The biggest shock would generally come if the keeper was changed. Um but you know, hoping for McMillan's not a bad it's not it's not a it's a difficult decision to make but it's not like you're you're taking in someone who's never played before and hasn't got experience and hasn't scored at the highest level that the dog have played us but um look I, I i don't think it didn't it's not that it didn't work i just felt that for me personally what i've seen over the last couple of months we you know dave mcmillan's record goal scorer in europe and he's chasing everybody for any kind of record going at the minute for me he would have started but look at that's what that's what Vinny gets paid for he's got, he's got to make these decisions and Look at it, it. We're a kick of a ball away, you know. Like we're, we're yeah. an offside goal in the first two minutes away from extra time. Um, so look at the call was probably correct. McMillan comes on. He's he's within a shoelace of getting an equaliser. Look, it's just one of those nights. It's just one of those nights that, that, that it just didn't fall for him. Yeah, Steph. Um, what do you think of those calls, even like pre-match? Yeah, what was your initial talk? I was go- I was going in the cast. I meet one of my mates this morning and. Uh, Flano spied me and sent me a message. So I know we were just messaging back and forth about the game and just seeing who'd start. And we actually talked about Hoban possibly starting. He was involved in the two goals last week. He he set the ball back for the cross for Tchaikovskis to put it in for McElhenney and then his true ball, the same McElhenney true. He sort of caused problems by by his movement and the positions he was taking up. Like he was out wide, they didn't know whether to pick him up. He was dropping deep, which created the space for McElhenney to run in behind for the goal. So look, I I can see the reasoning behind that. Um, I don't look. I don't think you can argue with it really. Like whole like I know McMillan scored in Europe and stuff, but it was probably a toss of a coin between those two. Um, Flano was saying that Jokowskis was starting. Um, I thought Dummigan was was arguably one of our best players the tail end of last season. I know he was in left full. I thought he was excellent when he played last season and they came in for a bit of stick from Dino for saying that. I think he was he was good in the cup final and I, I when he's like when he's started the season off and then when Finney came in I don't know whether he doesn't fancy him or whatever or just thinks the two boys are better than him. Um I, th- I think Dummigan's a good player, and you can tell he's played at a higher level. Like he's c- so comfortable on the ball when he when he's at it, and um, when he was playing full back a few times, he he seemed to get caught. But yeah, the boys are saying he was excellent tonight. Just listening in, he seemed like he was he was very comfortable in centre half. And look, that that opens it up uh, totally. Like you know, a position where we're a bit light. If he can step into that role, tremendous. Like you know. Uh, so I, I don't know what happened. I think Flano was saying that Jokovskis was starting and Lee to fall back. So, look, something might have changed during the day or Jokovskis might have felt unwell or maybe, he, like, he did come on. So maybe there was no injury worries there. Maybe maybe Finney just had it in his head. Sometimes as a manager, you just go with things. You, you have a gut feeling for something and... You, you just go with it and look it's it's sort of worked out i know we haven't won the game but i think definitely uh dummigan proved proved that he was right to get started so yeah i don't think you can argue argue with any what the two of them can yeah like may, maybe he was thinking look if we bring mcmillan on for the last 20 minutes when they're starting to get tired it might be a grandstand finish 
and look, it nearly paid off as well. So uh, yeah, stud studs away, studs away from equalising. So look, it just wasn't meant to be. But I think I think Dumbagin was uh, everyone. Uh, there's a lot of shots for man the match room. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and I th- I think look. You kind of hit the nail on the head there, Steph. Even though you were you were wrong, it was Leahy that I was giving out about at the start of the season, in the Presidents Cup. But uh, look, there was that many you were giving out about. It was hard <laughs> to keep track of them all. Uh, but Dummigan, Dummigan is probably one of the players. Dummigan and Brian Gartland were probably the two players that benefited the most from the change of manager last year when when Filippo came in, and then Dummigan unfortunately seemed like the player to suffer when since Finney's come back, where he's he's got a sniff maybe in in cup games or like at the weekends after the European games, he's not really. That's that's the only time he's getting a bit of playing time, you know, when there's rotation going on. Maybe maybe Finney sent him out in loan, did he? He sent him to Larne, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Was it Larne or Colrain or something? Yeah, up, up sure north. Yeah, he was yeah. up north anyway. Maybe maybe that's something got there. He doesn't fancy him or so. Yeah, but you would think, or this is probably a question, and Chris, I'll throw this one to you who, again, who was at the game and. With regards to to the Huben and uh, Huben and McMillan and Dummigan, and I'd, I'd probably say Lee Lee's probably a player that coming off the back of tonight is probably going to be worrying about his position in the starting eleven a little bit. Um, didn't didn't cover himself in glory tonight, even towards the end when we were on top. His passes out to Duffy weren't weren't great. He tried a little chip over the top, which was completely against what what Duffy was looking for. But the uh, um. What I'm trying to ask is, do you think now Vinny's got a decision on his hands? Does he does he stick with maybe Dumigan and Drakowskis for Derry at the weekend? Does he look at uh, does he look at Davy Mack? Davy Mack, who's our form striker. I, I know you're saying uh, you're saying Gally that the Huben needs minutes, but Davy Davy Mack's the one that's scoring goals, you know, and it's a it's that's what your striker's job is to do. I, I think it would be very unfair to see Davy Mack relegated to the bench now that we're out of Europe. Um, and just playing that impact role, um, just because Huben is back, you know. So, Chris, I suppose being at the game, what was uh, how how do you feel that the reaction was to the performances of, of those that I've just mentioned? Yeah, I think um, I think I think probably what you what what you've all said about about Huben versus Davy Mack is you know there's, there's probably not that much between the two. One was going to start, the other one was coming off the bench. You were going to. I enjoyed actually just watching the two of them play together for a, for a while, um, because it actually seemed like for a while that we did know that we could swap it up and maybe have a plan B. But you can kind of see whether it's a four four one one or a four four two formation that we had at the very end there. It, it seemed to work. I think there's a couple of questions that he has to answer. One is Lee, Domigan, Jervkovskis. The other one then is who's he going to play at right? Because when Dickie Kelly came in today, we suddenly had a lot of pace in the game. But he seems to love bringing in Kelly as an impact sub. But up to that point, I thought we were lost out wide right. Fats was, was kind of was good in the game but not as influential as he could be. As soon as he was moved into the middle, all of a sudden he's pulling all the strings. You know, so I think there's something to be said maybe for bringing him back in. And then it's it's a toss-up between who do you play up front then. So for most of the season, I'd say it wasn't really a competition of positions. It was more who could fill in somewhere. So now, yeah, Vinny has a couple of decisions to make. For the Derry match, that, that I wouldn't like to be making those decisions because he now needs a result domestically. After the Pats match, he's fallen behind slightly in where we could could get in there. We had an opportunity to close the gap, which we didn't take. Now we can't lose ground to Derry over us, you know, who are two points ahead, I think, are they? I think so. so yeah. 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 So. You know, he's a couple of decisions to make. Like, and, and on that, lads, you know, I thought even Nadestead for the first goal, he, he's on the ground very early. And then he's kind of clambering around to make a challenge, loses it. The ball breaks to have a shot, it's deflected. When Dominican played in, 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 a, um, in a full 
position. I know it's not his preferred position, but he looked fairly comfortable yeah. at times tonight. That could be an option. And I don't know, like Cleary's, Cleary's doing a lot of conditioning work now and, and, and trying to get himself back. So there could be minutes on the pitch potentially for him in the next few games, you would say. But until he's back fully fit, is, is Domingan an option? At centre-back more more often. And and keeping Leahy and Dracovskis out wide? I don't know. I mean, Domingan's been playing Dominic Domingan's been playing centre-half. Did, did he play centre-half the weekend as well? He did. Uh, or no? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah off the bench then. I think just obviously you didn't get to see the game, Chris. At the very end of the match, um, or sorry, you didn't get to see it on telly. But at the very end of the match, uh, who do you call it? Um, Flano, Flano, and Adrian went over that first goal again. And I think what happened um, when Flano was looking back at it, the ball actually bounced off the striker. It was a poor touch from the striker that kind of caught everybody off guard, and the striker was the quickest one to get to it. You know, so. It, while Sonny at the time looked all at sea for it, I, I think it was more just that that touch just completely threw him off and he, he went off balance for that. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's interesting and, and we'll obviously we'll be moving forward now to look at, look ahead at the game next week um, v, v Derry or this weekend. Before we do that, I, I kind of want to go back over uh, the comments made by the, by the gaffer. Um, seeing as we're after praising him tonight and praising the decisions that he made, I think it's important. Look, after the after the Pats game, uh, during his interview, and there was a soundbite put out by LMFM when he was chatting with Adrian Taff. Um, he pretty much for how many? How long is he back now, Steph? He's back what a month and a half, six weeks. And every every yeah. interview, every interview he's done since he's he's had a pop at social media and he's had a pop at on Sunday about where you get your your information from. And he mentioned podcasts and things like that. And I just thought it's a bit disingenuous of him I, I understand obviously you, you lose a game 4-1 you're not happy with it but to, to throw the blame on podcasts and on supporters because that's what we are you know we're supporters of Dundalk Football Club we want we want Dundalk FC to do well we want Finney Pair to do well uh, we want every player on the pitch to do well because if they're doing well the club's doing well um, and I just thought it was a little bit disingenuous of him that the following a defeat that he was very very quick uh, and, and in other instances this season he's been very quick to throw blame elsewhere i mean he said there's a lot of negativity being put out about the club um some of it true some of it not true but there's a lot of it is true you know he, he's trying to say everything is rosy and there's players signing for contracts and you know he believes peak six are sticking around and and things like that but like i brought it up two weeks ago on the podcast now is the time we, we need to know this and especially now because Every, everybody's saying about how good the performance was tonight and how well the team done, but there's going to come a lull after that. And I think something that will, hopefully, James Rogers said on the press box yesterday that, uh, that you know, Peak Six are potentially changing their mind and they are going to stick around now to, past uh, the end of the season. If they are, we need to know that and great. And we need to know what their intentions are. Are they going to scale back where we're operating off a minimal budget? Uh, I, I think, look, at if we look at how the club has been ran over the last five or two or three months, they are definitely scaling back in, in their finances and, and in financing the first team. But we need to know, are they still going to invest enough in having a team that's capable of getting Europe every year, having a team that wants to win league titles, win cups? Because that's what we all want. That's what we come to expect. You know, they said they were bringing us to the next level. And I don't think that's unfair of a podcast or unfair of people to tweet these questions and be asking them. And I think it was just very unfair of any to... To have that pop with not just a not just a podcast but as i say we're, we're supporters and we're voicing and part of the platform and chris you've said it so many times on this podcast part of what we do is we're voicing the concerns or we're, we're having discussions the supporters want to have and it's just uh yeah i'd be i'd be interested in all your thoughts on it yeah, look, it's 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 not the first time he's mentioned social media. I think it's look. Um, I, I think it's all well and good to come out and say, you know, don't believe everything you hear on social media. Blah, blah, blah. But look, and I would it's all it's all secret that I I've, I wanted Vinny for the job simply because of his experience in League of Ireland, the history he had to talk about. Blah, blah, blah. But you know, you you can't come out and 
I'm, you'd like to think he's just fainting after a bad game. You know, that that's the hope, and that's luck, and he's just having a maybe he's deflecting off the performance. I don't know. I don't think he comes, I don't think he is that type of man. I think if he says something, he kind of that's what he's thinking at the time. But to to come out and have a go at people, you know, don't listen to rumors on social media. Don't like you know, it's not that long ago he was touting for the job on social media and off the ball podcast. You know, that's social media. So you, you, you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't give out to people, you know, having a go. Like that's what social media is. That's you know, people are entitled to their opinion within reason. It's social media, the, the emphasis on social. So it, it's open platform for everybody. And if people have an opinion about something, look, that's, that's, that's where you're going to get it. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to sport or professional sport, and when you're in the limelight and the dark of being, it, it, it just comes part and part. If any new this coming into the job, he knows what's going on behind the scenes. This is not his first rodeo on the peak six. It's not like he's come in fresh. Um, I'd like to think he was only, he was just venting. But without going back down the road of, you know, non-communication, some of the, the damning thing for me is that some of the rumours, he's saying that some true, some false, there's not many of them that have been false. So that that's the problem. So, like, you know, apart from maybe the Limerick thing, you know, I think it was Tom, but he, he mentioned that he called the Limerick staying overnight. He called that off and that was his decision. Look, that's fine, you know. Rumours are rumours, they're out there, and until somebody denies them, they're out there. Like you ha- They have to be denied. Um, I just think, I'd like to think he was just venting on, on the on the, on the the bad performance the other night, and maybe just kind of deflected off. And, like, t- to start talking with social media as often as he does is frightening. There's no need. Like, that, that's what carries clubs. It's COVID. You, know, you can't go to a game, so co- social media is where it's at. That's, that's just the way it is, unfortunately, of everything, sports. Doesn't matter. Just uh, nightlife, pubs, restaurants. That's how they, that's how they make a living now. Ever in social media, and he just has yeah. going to have it up with it. He, he knows. Like it was all well and good social media when they were doing European runs in 2016 and under Kenny, and you just can't have it every way. And look, I, I'm a fan of any pair. I know that like I don't sit on the fence about it, but you know there's certain things he can't control. There's no point in talking about. It. You know yeah. we don't we don't say anything that's going to get us in trouble on this podcast. We don't, like. We we get plenty of rumors before we come on this show every week, but we don't we don't mention them because you know some of the stuff you couldn't say, but yeah, you know, rumors are rumors. They're out there. You know we're not we're not saying that it's not out there already. We I get mean, as, from other people. As friend of the show, Maxie would say, we don't get rumors. We get facts. But we <laughs> don't go we don't go posting them because it's not going to do no. anybody any good a lot of the time. You know, but I think you know again one comment that he made that just kind of irked me a little bit was. He said everything around the club lately is negative. And he went came back after the game, uh, the away game in Holland last week, and he said on Friday morning everything is negative. And I mean, a week before, and I'd, I'll hold my hands up, you know, I, I wasn't thrilled to see Vinny coming back. And I don't think, Steph, I think you were in a similar position to me, you know, neither, neither of us were thrilled to come back. The week before against Lavadia Talon, I held my hands up and I said, I think he's done a great job since he came back. And I stand over that. And I don't say that the Pats decision or the Pats game, sorry, is going to change my mind just because we lose 4-1 because that happened, you know, back in the days when when Fozzie had teams in Europe, we, we'd have a decent European result and then we we lost 4-0 to, to Rovers in between two European games. So it happened. But I just don't get that. It, it, to me, it just it stinks of deflecting. You know, it, it's a poor performance. Just hold your hands up and move on. And, you know, it, it's it's a lot easier to turn around and say, and again, Steph, I, I'm going to you as a former player in the league. When you have a big run of games or a big fixture congestion like that, there, the easiest thing you can say as a manager or as a coach is, you know, well, the boys are tired, you know, and it was plain to see on Sunday that they were tired. And why he had to come out and, and blame social media again and blame podcasts and blame journalists, it just it, it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, I look some some of the things he said over the last few weeks. I think I've like really annoyed people like. Um, stuff he's he's saying, you know. Thankfully, he, he does. He's not on social media, and he doesn't see these things. But then later on in an interview, he's he's saying how it's all relayed back to him anyway. So that doesn't make any sense for a start. Um, that look, well, we said it ourselves. We we would have rather um, different people come in for the job, but you can't fault how the performance have been since he's come in. Uh, there has been a lift 
whether the European runs really spoiled us on um, league performances. We've got results. We sort of seen a bit of a win in the Pats game, but like you said, that can happen during, during the middle of a European run. So, um, but just going back onto his comments, like it, it seems like every time he comes on, he's he's angry, he's rattled about something, and he's saying everything's totally negative. Or people were singing singing the praises of Dundalk, and there was no there was talk at the back like stuff going on in the background. I like I've listened into you boys, and you haven't you haven't mentioned that in the last couple of weeks, but you're still constantly hearing story after story, and you're thinking surely not, but then you hear it's fact and it's truth. Um, like, still no contract signed, but, you know, he's, he like Finney said, he's got the backing of the, the board to sign four players from outside the league. So it remains to be seen whether that happens or not. Um, but you'd like to be thinking we'd be, we'd be holding on to the players we want to hold on first before the sign elsewhere, like the McElhenney situation, Chris Shields, already gone so it's just like he, he's coming out and saying one thing and you can you can clearly see other things happening it's just frustrating for fans we're sort of in limbo now where you you don't know what the owners are going to do he, he's saying he's he's dead cert or staying next season so if, if that is true like why don't they just come out and announce that look this is what it is fans will be at ease players will be, be at ease and start getting contracts order for next season who they want to keep because look if it gets to November, December and we still don't have any players, then you're you're scrambling looking for what's left. Players players if if someone comes in and offers you a contract for next season, a two year deal with St. Pat's, one of the better players at the North, do you think they're gonna go, Well look, Peak Six might be here next year, we'll hang on and see what happens in November, December. Will Pat's target somebody else? Yeah. I, I don't think that will happen and like look everyone's going to be free to be able to talk to people now that they're in their last six months am i right like yeah saying that. yeah so look it's the, the need to just be clear <laughs> you just be afraid of now that the european runs end us there, there will be the drop off you, you like we're sort of at a crossroads now where they can sort of turn one way and take the performance of the european like playing against top level top level players in Europe you, you can use that as a re, real driving force to say look we're, we're at a higher level than most of the teams in the league we should be up near the top end start stringing off a few wins and the performances as well will come or or you can look the other way and go look we're in trouble here looking over your shoulder Waterford picking up points Derry picking up points Finn Hoffs won last week they're not a million miles off us even though we've We've games in hand, but if you don't translate them into points, though, the games in hand are useless. Yeah. So it's a real, it's a real crossroads now where we're, where we're going to go. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. I think sorry, the, uh, yeah, look, I just hope it's the it's the the first option where where we use it to really spur us on and people just focus on. I know it's probably tough, but people just focus on the football and hope, hopefully the people behind the scenes can can even related to the management team and the players, look, we're going to be here next season and start sorting out contracts. Yeah, I, th- I think at this point, you know, it's Vinny needs to concentrate on what's happening on the pitch, doesn't he? You know, like he needs to forget about all the outside noise. Like he needs to actually not talk about social media and he needs to focus on the performance on the pitch. And if he's saying that there's four or five players potentially signed up for next year, which he said contracts were agreed and, uh, and things like that with players for next year, He's discussing his contract for next year, and you know there's there's still a long way to go in the season. But you would hope, you would say he, he he's kind of managing his way into a contract for next season. If Peak Six are are staying, and these four or five players are signed up for next year, Vinny's potentially signed up. When I say they need to let us know something, sign these players up, you know, or announce that these players are signed for next year, because that just signals a bit of intent, and it'll give a little bit of a sigh of relief. For our, for our supporters um, but he really needs to just concentrate on on uh, on getting getting stuff right on the pitch you know because even I, I seen a stat after Sunday I think Filippo after the same amount of league games was a point higher than Vinny has in the league right now and that was including the European run as well you know so 
where he really needs to earn his bread and butter or earn his keep is, is getting us up that table, you know, and, and fighting and seeing if we can claw into that last last uh, European spot for next year, you know, because tonight tonight showed we're still capable of it, but I, I don't know, it just, I, it's just I've been waiting all week nearly to talk about it since he made the comments because it's just, to me, it's just, fuck it, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, it's just, there was no need for it. It just seemed like a deflection tactic and, I, I heard someone, I don't know if it was on the press box yesterday, but I heard someone saying it was similar as what he'd done against uh, Waterford, you know, when um, when Sheridan was saying that it's only a pub league and stuff like that, you know. So after the game, after a heavy defeat, nobody's talking about the result. They're talking about the comments that were made after the result and that happened again, you know. So just hopefully, look, hopefully he learned his lesson from what what everybody's been saying and we can kind of draw a line on the move on and, and concentrate on, on the league form now and concentrate hopefully on a good cup run. Yeah, that that's exactly it. Like I just seen a message or Tiano, I think, put up. Um, it, it, it's a reality check. It's back to reality. It's this is now we're concentrating. We've, we've got league form to, to worry about. And like just on the peak six thing, very quickly, it's nights like this that you want them to kind of. You'd hope a night like this would make the decision for them. You know, when you when you see that kind of second half performance, and you'd like to think they'll watch it. We know, like you know. People that have gone, Mike Tracy, things like that they'd be watching the game tonight. I know they don't have any involvement in the minute, but you know, peak six, they've got to be watching games like that and thinking, right, what are we doing? What are, what are we, you know, right, are sitting on this fence and we're going to knock it down to build another one that we can build the whole club with? It's, it's, you know, nights like that will, will sort out two things for us tonight. Because we're out now, it's league football now, and it's it's got to be concentrated on by everybody. That's 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 what that's the go to. As you say, that's the bread and butter now for, until what, October, November. But also, from Peak Six's point of view, they have to make a decision now and say, right, do we want this every season? Do we want that atmosphere every season? Do we want these games to be taking place at Oriel Park in three or four years' time? It's things like this that has to sort that out. If they can't decide after an evening like that, if they can't decide after 45 minutes of football like that, then there's no hope for them. You know, they've they got to make a decision over the next couple of weeks on that. You know, like we're here, we talk every week about it, but it's only when you get fans. We've had 18 months of no fans, pretty much. But nights like that, I mean, you think, by the sounds of you listen to that game on the radio, you think that was packed tonight. I think it was a sellout. Um, and nights like that, you know, drive home what's needed at this, at this club. And hopefully they can make a decision. I, I, look, I, I would have no issue with them hanging on and staying on. I think, it's, I think it's, in a way, it's the best thing that can happen, provided it's run properly. I think it could be the best option for everybody. But they, somebody's got to kind of, pull the plug on this and say, look, this is what we're doing, A, B and C, and, and just, just crack on with it. It, it. it makes no sense to carry it out any longer. There's no financial gain in it for them or loss because they're multi-millionaires. They're running, well, the hedge fund that backs them is. So I don't I don't really understand it. Look, hopefully we hear something in the not-so-distant future, but nights like that, you want to sort it out one way or another. Yeah, I, I would think, look, at how relatively easy the club is, 850000 in the bank yeah. is yeah. what's going to get them rethinking. Um, potentially where, where their stance is on the club um, before we kind of move off the topic I'd just Chris get your input in it and, and what you thought of those comments if you can hear us Chris you're on silent there you're on mute the most most sense he's talked all yeah. he's, he's just picking Shields as man the match here <laughs> he's trying to wait he's trying to figure out how can I get Chris Shields into man the match competition <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. Think, I don't think we've got Chris. No, so look at. Um, we we'll move on anyway. Oh, we'll, oh, 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 you there? You there, Chris? Try to steal in my um my four G lads. So <laughs> that injection it was. I, I get it. I back thought we had Daniel Carroll on there. I get it back then. So yeah, Chris, what, what was your thoughts on yeah, what was your thoughts on uh on on the comments made by the manager on uh on Sunday? Oh look sorry, Good. can't hear you, can you? <laughs> Company man. Yeah. We'll come back to you, Chris. You're going on us again, pal. Um but anyway, look, we'll move on to our man of the match competition for tonight. Um Steph, seeing as you were listening to it with your ears. Who's your uh, who's your picture on match? I suppose they will listen to it with your knees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was listening to it with my eyes. Um, <laughs> look, 
it's hard it's hard to pick a man to match when you're when you're listening to it but Dominican sounded great Michael Michael Duffy seemed like he had a good game as well McElhenney and Patches like the boys have said some of the wee bush are playing stuff like that but look I'm gonna go off what the comments that's been thrown in and uh go with Dummigan. He's playing sort of out of position and he's he's done really well and justified getting a start. So I'll go Dummigan. Perfect Dummigan for you. Uh Gally. Yeah, Cameron Dummigan, like that goal and look, I thought he was excellent. Duffy was brilliant, don't get me wrong. Um fat and rushed the second half and he into the middle like Chris was saying, but I thought Dunwigan at the game was life tonight. I thought he was excellent. Look at the like Chris was saying a real option for us at centre half and we needed was a real a good ball playing football. I actually thought he was I thought he could be a good CDM at the start of the season if we needed cover. Um and yeah, I thought he was excellent tonight. I can't I can't see past him. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, for me, Cameron Dunwigan all day. Probably, yeah, I'm gonna pick Dunwigan as well. I thought he was he was brilliant. I mean, as I say, I think He's had a good season up until up until he was dropped, and I think it was a little bit unfair. So he'd definitely be uh, be my pick for man of the match. Um, Chris is Chris. Are you there? We'll give him a vote. Chris is back. Chris is back. The Chris, I get away from draw the better the signal. It's funny that that's funny. In Chris man the match. Chris Shields man the match was it? You'd notice that, that, that Pingu and fucking Steph haven't been on the show in ages and they're still thinking that this joke is funny. That's, we've had about three or four shows where he's wearing around, by the way. I'll have you know. <laughs> what? Are you serious? I was wondering why you weren't giving me the invites to it. Is that, is that a uh, no for Shieldsy then? Yeah, it's a no for Shieldsy, lads. Yeah, it's a no for Mickey Duffy and it's a no for Fats, all right? First time this season. Yeah. Who, who's, your, who's your pick, Chris, tonight for Man of the Match, Paul? Um... Right, I, I haven't heard anything that any of you said, but I'll assume that, that Dummigan is up there for everybody um, to get very astute performance tonight from him. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go Dummigan. Am I anywhere in the in the box there? Do I get a pizza? Pick up a slice on the way home, yeah. Congratulations, Chris, you won. Uh, Cameron Dummigan is the Town End uh, podcast man of the match for tonight. And the winner of the 50 yeah. pizza is Bez McGuinness. <laughs> Man only because he only because he was saying Steph's was never a penalty. Come back. He's not getting no pizza. He's getting a twelve inch, not a fifteen inch. Now for that. Yeah. Um. So well done, Bez. You you win a pizza pal. Uh. So you can reach you can reach out directly to Tony's. Can he, Steph? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Best, in yeah. The best independent takeaway burger in Ireland. Yeah. Just absolutely. Can you share it Yeah. Hundred percent. Congratulations to all Tony's Pizzeria. Good stuff, Tony's. Chris, you still there? You gone again? Chris still singing, is he? Chris is in and out there, like yeah. You there, yeah, Chris? Can I order a pizza, please? Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just when when you went through Drogheda, Chris, we were talking about uh, about the comments Vinny made on Sunday. We were just looking to get your thoughts on it. Gone again. He, he won't answer. It. <laughs> No, 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 I'm here. Well, yeah, relax, lads. Go. Jesus, lads. Don't give, me, don't give me two seconds here. Yeah, I think his, um, his, his comments were a bit strange because, you know, as a football club, they have to use social media channels. Um, and then to go and attack him and blast them is a bit strange. So I, I get his point to a certain extent, but at Dunno Football Club, you kind of live in a, in a cauldron of attention because the whole town focuses around football club and that's why there's you know two newspapers two radio stations a couple of podcasts and, and national media all interested and when you think about the season we've had and you know protests and things with the chairman and everything else that's that's the hot seat at, at Dundo football club you gotta you gotta dance with that devil a little um, and roll with it. I don't think you can, you know, it, it, the days of, like, if, if you even take the wilder, wider thing of football, the days of a transfer going under the radar is very rare now because it's all over social media. There's different clubs play stuff off each other. Um, you've got to embrace it, and I think you can't attack it. And I think that's the strange thing about it. I think he should have 
I think there was a, he could have said something like, yeah, look, there's a lot of noise about it. But, you know, I hope we use that noise to accentuate the positives with this club. The fact that we're, you know, we should be using the fact that there's so much noise around this club to push this together. Like that that game tonight, lads, on a on a state broadcaster, it would have been the perfect setting for for people who, who, who aren't overly interested in the League of Ireland to, to, to come and pick it up. We should have used that platform to voice about that a little bit more. And that's that's where it should be, but not attacking it on the press. He's driving that narrative now of being so. I think he should be embracing it. He should be using it more so. Use those channels. He's got like he he named three podcasts, two radio stations, you know, local newspapers. Well, then embrace them. Give give them more in that, and and let's accentuate the positive that this club is doing more often. And I think that's 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 why I find it strange that, that he attacks that. Um, yeah. Good point. You know, that's 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 my that's my opinion on it. In, instead of going, there's a lot of noise and negativity around this club. Say, well, I'm going to drown out that negativity with positivity. We're we're about to take on a, a team that's got a, a reputation of around forty million of a budget, and we're going toe to toe with these guys. You know, I, why why haven't we got a better stadium here at Oriel Park? Why haven't I've seen when we were we were on the crest of a wave winning everything in front of us and there was plenty of councillors and everything else up in Oriel Park. Let's use let's use these platforms now to, to get these guys who've all signed up to be part of uh, the redevelopment um, committee. Let's get this ball rolling now. Let's get this. Let's get a better platform yeah. for, for football in this country. That's what it should yeah. be used for. Right, Chris. I'm glad my signal came back for that. It's it's nice Very we didn't get you there. Can you start that again? Uh, <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's nights like this. this it's nights like this to drive that home, drive how badly this is needed. And yeah, look, Chris has hit the nail on the head there. You know, he's um, he probably won't be able to do the League of Ireland stream at Oriel Park, but you listen, it'd be grand. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, and it, it's nice like this to bring it home, whether you win or lose. And you know, it, it's nice like that. But, you know, we don't want to be going to tell with these nights forever. We've had this conversation probably five or six years ago when Kenny was there. But you know, like Stephen Kenny, if they had to build a stadium when he was there, they probably would have named a stand after him. You know, it, it's it's so long ago now, it seems like it's a decade ago that all this happened. But you know, it's, it's such a pity. But look, we could talk about that all night. But Chris is right. It's exactly right. He's saying you, you got to use these platforms. These are these are your best friends when it comes to local local sport, and especially when you're on a European level or on a bad run with the stuff going on behind the scenes and that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You got to utilize it. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Look, if if we did win any kind of money that we were able to build a stand or build a new stadium, I'd definitely be calling one of the stands the McEvitt Summer League penalty. Uh, shed. Uh, that's what I go for because class. Even though I still think he was going for, I told him earlier on he was going for a point. I think because it just went under the bar. Um, yeah. Looked like a small most, goal too. I thought the most podcasts in League of Ireland stand had a good ring to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can never stand after each podcast. In fairness, um, to, be, to be fair, I, you yeah. know, you know, we call we call the Carrick Road end the town end. Just the best of people said that that joke went over. Steph said it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Anyway, <laughs> move. Good call, my friend. Moving on to uh, to Sunday, we'll we'll try wrap this up because we're just about the hour mark. So, moving on to to Derry City this weekend. Um, Fats man of the match. What's the predictions for that game? I'm going to go with Fats for man of the match in that game. You can probably pick it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what's uh, score predictions for that one, Gally? We'll go to you first. One all. One all. Yeah, Perfect. One all. One the first there completely, boys. Chris, if you've got good Wi-Fi or good good coverage there, we'll ask you. Uh, I was going to go for one all too. Uh, so I'll go two two now instead. Just I'll spice it up. Nice. Patrick McElhenney to score a last minute equaliser. <clears throat> Desmond. We're going two two as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go one nil Dundalk. I'm on the penguin. On your boy. I'm gonna say we're gonna get a nervy win. 
I think it's going to be a terrible match. We'll take it. We'll take terrible matches at the end of the yeah. season if they're all if they're all nailed, we wins. Yeah. I'm gonna say big big Sonny's gonna get the goal. Oof. If anybody wants to put a bet on that, then let's uh, yeah. take it from the pinky for like Sonny we'll one take, nil. It's an early kick out, it's four o'clock, is it on Sunday? I'm not too sure, is it? Could be wrong. Um but is anyway, there any way fans now? No way fans yet, is there? I don't know, the regulations are different up north, aren't they? Or is it in Oriel? Is it in Oriel or is it? I don't know. I'm where oh. the ferries go. <laughs> no, I think they're in Derry. I think, I think yeah, we all Derry, got yeah. caught up Derry, on Derry, three o'clock on Sunday. Okay. European run. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, look, I think that'll wrap up the show for tonight, lads. We, we'll finish early. So um, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks uh, thanks to Gally and Chris for being on. Thanks for the special guest tonight, Steph McEvitt, uh, for a special appearance. Cameo. Congrats to, congrats to Bez uh, McGuinness on winning the pizza. Um, and look, we'll, we'll see everyone back on, on Sunday. Steph, now that you're back, we'll let you wrap it up, pal. It's been a long time coming. No fats, no party. <laughs>